Once again, happy to welcome our favourite science guru, Dr. Jared McKenna. Um, And this time we're speaking about something that I must confess is fairly close to home uh, as I am a type 2 diabetic. Uh, And this is yet another sort of uh, option for improving um the the response of diabetes um thanks again for the digging this one up jared not a problem this was a a very very fresh study that got published only about three or four days ago i believe um and yeah it is hopefully a future treatment um for for people suffering with um with diabetes all around the world so it's a very it's a very common um thing to have it's about one in 20 i believe in, in australia have diabetes um so that's a heck of a lot of people and um we still don't really have cures and um the best treatments out there so people are always looking for the uh to improve on that sort of thing and um this is hopefully one step in a pretty um pretty cool direction i think they're taking and um with, with a slight cynical burst uh, it is so common it's also something that makes the pharmaceutical industry an awful lot of money um until somebody yes. gets until somebody gets a cure um but leaving that aside <laughs> th- this is a isn't a pharmaceutical approach it's it's a very different one yeah this is a little bit different so um I'm, I'll, i guess I'll, I'll i might backtrack and explain diabetes a little bit before we sort of go into how this might work is that um there are three types of diabetes that people can have um and they're all slightly different, but they all involve um, insulin, which is a hormone that pr- is produced by the pancreas that controls the amount of glucose that is in your blood and available to your cells. So um, insulin helps glucose move from the blood into and out of cells. So it helps regulate how much energy you have and how much energy your cells are using at any one time. And people that have type 1 diabetes, which is the, the most rare and, and the most um, severe form of diabetes, <clears throat> um, is, is an autoimmune reaction to um, the cells in the pancreas that actually make insulin. So all three of these types of diabetes have um, insulin resistance is what we say, but it comes in different ways. So type one is that your body actually attacks the cells that are making insulin. So therefore you don't make any. Um, And in type two diabetes, which is a lot more common, probably about 10 10 or 11 times as um, more common as type one, is that the cells do produce insulin. They either don't produce enough or they are producing enough, but the cells aren't responding to it. So again, we're sort of left with this resistance to insulin and we're trying to manage our glucose, but we just can't. Um, And the third one is gestational diabetes. So that's kind of a temporary one that might happen while um, somebody's pregnant. Um, And that's due to a lot of of the hormones that the placenta makes can impact how the uh, pancreas functions of the mother. So um, that one's a little bit rare. It's about 5% of people that get pregnant, but still that's still a lot of people so still something worth talking about and looking to find treatments for so if we don't have a way to regulate how much glucose is available in our blood and in our cells um it can lead to something called ketoacidosis which is a complicated name but essentially it's it's it 
got a whole bunch of symptoms from mild to to potentially life-threatening over times from just being really thirsty and having blurred vision um, to actually having permanent nerve damage in some of your limbs and your eyes. So it can be really, really um, damaging long-term, which is why we're working so hard to try and find some cures and better treatments. And most of the uh, treatments that are currently available uh, in one way or another basically try to uh, replicate the actions of the cells um, uh, that produce insulin. So it's either you actually inject actual insulin to, to compensate for the lack of it elsewhere, uh, or uh, the other kinds of treatments try to uh, reduce the amount of sugar in the, the, the bloodstream in other sorts of ways. Uh, now, I, yeah. th this is a very tricky new idea that's trying to mean uh, to make the original cells perform better i think it's it's a really interesting one because because it yeah in in some cases like um where you can't or some really extreme cases of insulin people can actually get pancreatic cells transplanted into them or or, or have a pancreas transplanted um and that may work but that also leads to things like the body may still attack that pancreas and it may still attack those cells so you're kind of haven't gone anywhere. <clears throat> um, so this is a really kind of new way of thinking about treating diabetes um, in that it's in a field of biology called synthetic biology, which sound, sounds a bit weird, but really they're about redesigning on how redesigning how the body functions and what it looks like to get new functions and new abilities and things like that. So synthetic biologists have looked at the pancreas and looked at diabetes and thought, how can we re-engineer how can we help people um, in our field um, with diabetes? And the way that they've done that is to actually control um, the genes that are expressed um, that lead to insulin production. So the chain of command essentially is you've got your DNA and you have a gene that might um, code for insulin production in this case. And if that gene isn't expressed or it's turned off, then there's no insulin being made by that cell that has that gene turned off. So what they're trying to do is actually um, engineer cells that have those genes um, turned on, but they can actually turn them on and off at will. Um, so that sort of replaces the need for things like insulin injections, which people have to do multiple times a day, um, or people with insulin pumps, which sort of slowly release insulin over the day. But again, that might need to be ramped up and ramped down um, when people are eating and things like that. So it's a really fine balance. It's a 24-7 job managing how much insulin you have. And this new approach um, is kind of similar to a pump, but it's actually an implant that has these cells engineered that have that ability to have their insulin production turned on and off, essentially. So it's not exposed to the immune system as far as I can tell. So it probably won't be attacked by the body. Um, so what they've done is they've taken human cells and they've um, engineered them in a really complicated way that's above my understanding, um, but they've put them inside this capsule and they've actually tied it up to really small um, electrodes. So um, what what the theory is, is that it happens in a couple of different um, settings as well, and this is just an application of it, is that you can give cells a little jolt of electricity, really, really small for a really short amount of time, and that can influence how some genes are expressed. 
So the theory goes that if you have these cells in this capsule implanted into someone who has diabetes, um, if you can just give those cells a little zap with electricity, um, they can start producing insulin. And then there's no need for a pump. There's no need for um, insulin injections. So that's the theory. And that's sort of what they've been playing with um, so far. Um, it's working in mice. We haven't got as far as humans yet. That's always, you know, um, many years away from once you've started working with an animal model like mice, but the results are actually really promising. So um, they actually implanted these capsules into diabetic mice or, um, or, actually, or hyperglycemic mice. Um, so they had too much glucose in their blood is what that means. Um, and when they stimulated that little capsule with the tiniest little uh, jolt of electricity, um, their blood sugar levels normalized within just a couple of minutes. So it's pretty fascinating that this has been proven to work. And this is exactly what the study is for. It's called a proof of concept. They've got their idea. They've started to sort of put it into action. Can it potentially work? And in mice, apparently, yes. Um, so sort of the next steps from here, you know, is to go more mice and bigger animals and animals that are more similar to us. And eventually, hopefully us, <laughs> because um, I think if we could get this to, to diabetics around the world, it, it could be a game changer for a lot of people. Uh, but uh, I guess we have to say, as we somehow always seem to say, uh, it'll be 10 years away before it's actually applicable to uh, a yes, market. Yes, that's always the, always the crux of the issue with science. It's brilliant and it moves us into the future, but boy, does it take a long time. Uh, but nonetheless, a, a very interesting concept and, a, and a, as I say, a quite a different kind of a, approach, which uh, I guess as as somebody with the, the disease, uh, um, you've you got to feel a little bit optimistic about uh, how it's going. Exactly. We need new ways of thinking. So thank thank goodness for these people, you know, taking a, taking a shot out of left field because that's what we need. Well, thanks again. Uh, it's been, again, enlightening, not to say mind-blowing, as I always say, and uh, we'll chat again, hopefully, uh, in the future. Absolutely.